Hey, people, I'm Sergio Paris, and you're watching Rugby Wrap-Up. Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, George Hook, Dan Lyle, and Matt McCarthy. Welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan talking rugby and talking Rugby World Cup rugby. And you need big names to talk about big tournaments, and we have just that today. We have Mr. George Hook calling in from Dublin and Mr. Dan Lyle, the one and only Dan Lyle, calling in from somewhere in Connecticut. Let's welcome George first. George, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, and it's very special for me to be on a program with the greatest eagle of them all, Dan Lyle. Well, you'll you'll get no argument from Dan or me. Uh, Dan, the the original Captain America. Welcome, my friend. The pleasure is all mine, man. Oh, you look you look every bit as successful as an NBC <laughs> analyst right now, my friend. I am so jealous of you. I want to hit you in the face wow. with a bag of nickels. Thank you. <laughs> All right, boys, let's get right to it. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. The World Cup is in full swing. George, let's start with you. What's something that you take away from this? Let's start with maybe poor performances for 300. Well, I mean, for poor performances, I think, are twofold. Uh, one, it's Scotland, 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 <laughs> who are simply awful and uh, i mean all the pre-match hype by the coach the captain the players they were just horrible and the second thing is if the refereeing at this world cup continues at the abysmal level it has started then rugby's done and rugby as we know it is done because unless something really seriously now happens with the game we're refereeing, uh, it's it's going to be meaningless. All I've seen at the moment primarily is appalling refereeing. Uh, you know, to that end, the South Africans have been crying that Jerome Garces is a duess. Uh, Dan, what is your take on the officiating thus far? Are Are they valid complaints? They're valid complaints, um, but lo and behold, um, World Rugby actually admitted it and yeah. uh, put out a statement saying that their standards have not been met in these first few games and that they were trying and working on rectifying that, whether they can or they can. But I think that's pretty uh, honest to be able to do that, you know, just uh, this early and saying we've got to get better. So. Uh, along with all the other poor performances, uh, certainly from a Scotland perspective, you can't disagree with George there, although Ireland answered a lot of questions, maybe against the poor Scotland team, but answered a lot of questions. My my big take, though, is no one ever heard of him. No one ever saw him. Zane Kepley, Capelli, excuse me, the Tongan number seven, stopping Billy Vunapola, yeah. the wrecking ball, yeah. in his in his tracks in that game was just a sight to behold. So, uh, yeah, that was my, those are my takes. Billy's, Billy's dad played for Tonga, so maybe he gave the, the, his fellow Tongan some, some inside tips. But here's, but here's a quote from Rory Best. Reports of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. 
George, Mr. 80 Minutes. And did Ireland just play really well, as Dan was alluding to? About a week ago, everybody was saying, oh, listen, we're really worried about the Scottish game. and We don't seem to be doing well, blah, blah, blah. And then we play against what may be the worst <laughs> number two team in any pool in the competition. And suddenly we're going to win the World Cup. And we've gone from one extreme to the other. Now, we are not that good based on Scotland. So let's just hold it for a second. We're okay. We're better than I thought we were, but we're not world beaters. We're not capable of scoring tries from outside the five-meter line. Well, wait, wait a minute. If if your if yeah. your if your pack is scoring three tries in a in a bonus point win, that's a pretty good thing. Sure, against Scotland, against Samoa, against Russia, fine. But I mean, South Africa aren't going to fall over for for that kind of stuff. The All Blacks aren't going to fall over for that kind of stuff. Wales and England aren't going to fall over for that kind of stuff. Unless we get another game. But here's the issue. There are now only two teams in the World Cup playing rugby. Every other team in the World Cup is playing a game from the same playbook, which is 50% of the time the scrum half kicks the ball. If he doesn't kick it, he passes it to a forward who crashes into the nearest forward, which then goes on interminably. So our television producer says, we are now at rock number 99. So therefore... There is no longer what there once was. You had the South African way of playing the game. You had the New Zealand way of playing the game. You had the English way of playing the game. You know, only have one way of playing the game, which is kick it up in the air and run after it. And if that fails, crash, bang, wallop. And God help me, I am hoping that Wales and New Zealand will somehow change the face of rugby. Oh boy, that was a, that was a mouthful. To there's so much in there that this show doesn't have the format for me to address each one of those issues. But I'm going to turn it over to Dan. Dan, what has surprised you the most in this tournament? Has it been the fact that you've got Johnny Sexton not missing a beat really and making tackles, including tackling Connor Murray and Conway in the try zone after Conway scored the try? What what surprises you here? I don't see. I don't think we've seen any surprises yet. I think that we've. Uh, it's gone to form. There's been some first game jitters by the by the host, uh, by Australia, um, and the other teams that should have won have won. Uh, the most compelling game was Argentina, France, the two Latins coming together and playing. I think you can only put what's in front of you, and, and I would say if you're if you're Australia uh, playing against the most competitive Fiji team we've ever seen, you know, and kind of weathering that storm and that physicality coming out of the back end of that, that was, you know, you know, they were able to do that. Japan, you know, they got a bonus point, they got a win, but they didn't really inspire their public. Although, you know, the Scot the Ireland beating Scotland sets up that pool for that last match potentially uh, for, uh, for Japan to go to a quarterfinal in, in their host, uh, in their home country, which would just be fantastic. So, I think it's gone pretty to form and, and just not to rebuff what George says, but, you know, maybe to 
you know, as the eternal optimist that all Irish are, you know, they, 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 they needed to win. They needed to get a bonus point. They needed to see some execution out of, out of their halfbacks. They needed to get their forwards back in the game, you know, and they needed to see what the depth looked like with Kearney and Earl's back out and Adam Lamar, Lamar uh, Jordan and, and Andrew Conway come in and, and have pretty decent games. You're only what, as good as who's in front of you. And so, you know, they, they pretty much kept Scotland off the park. We've almost got two pool winners out of the first round here of New Zealand beating South Africa, experimenting with the, with uh, Muanga and, and Bowden Barrett as yeah. two, two yeah. playmakers. But they looked very skillful. They had their moments. And um, in South Africa, um, you know, are really going to have to, uh, you know, find a little bit more playmaking to unlock some of those lethal weapons, but despite the, the big physicality you know, straight, straight game that George is, is talking about. Yeah. And for South African fans, aside from the refereeing, Pollard didn't ha- didn't step up, but again, you're playing against the all blacks, arguably the best team in the tournament. So it's kind of understandable. I will say that Japan might've come out flat because they got stuck in traffic in their own country coming to the opening match of the tournament. You got to fix the, the you got to uh, get, I saw, I saw, come, I saw an article about that. The, you know that this World Cup is is huge and fantastic, and it's it's the biggest thing for all of us in the rugby world. And it's in a, on a new continent with a new ten post. But next year is the Olympics, and and they're they're testing out all the <laughs> yeah. all the traffic patterns, and they didn't pass very well. Yeah, they've, all, all the articles said yeah. they get sent to the bin. George is um, Vasily Artemyev the best fullback Irish fullback in the tournament? Um, I I think Russia. Uh, were actually unlucky, like so many of the smaller nations. Smaller nations are screwed in this. The history of rugby has always been that the big guys screw the little guys. So Russia have to turn around. And I have no doubt that the difference between their second half performance and their first half performance was because of the short turnaround they had. I mean, Joe Smith is moaning and groaning that he's got a six-day turnaround for Ireland. The Russians, I mean, I don't know how they did it. They had a great first half. They Their naivety uh, cost them when Samoa had only 13 players. But ultimately, um, in a country where humidity is a big deal, the sort of short turnarounds being given to the minor nations is unfair. But there's one very important thing here, is that America, like Ireland, is a country of laws. And if you don't have laws, ultimately, you have nothing. And France perpetrated the greatest robbery since Jesse James and his gang when they stole it from Argentina by incompetent refereeing. I agree with you on some of the laws being skirted here, specifically the high tackles. I think clotheslines are accepted in this tournament. Dan, does that open the gate for the loose flankers taking the heads off of of the the backs with this? It doesn't seem like there's a red card... uh, culpability, yeah. or you know, there's no, there's no red card. There's no holding these guys accountable so far. Is it to get the tier through the tier one teams through? Yeah, I, I uh, certainly think there's some bias. There's always been that bias. Um, you know, to George' first point, um, Artemiev uh, is got the best mustache of all time, so he might be the best fullback and the greatest so, one of one of the best post game that chats. interviews. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Um, it's that Black Rock the, College uh, education. When yeah. When it comes to the laws of the game, um, I think that the challenge right now is that referees are scrutinized, um, that they want the game, the ball, and play more, and they are looking at player welfare all at the same time. And so they have a mixed message going back and forth to how the game should look and feel um, with just huge amounts of uh, disparity between what is and isn't a a high tackle or you know a, a tendency in a tackle uh, and some of the things that um, that are fundamental the laws you know only only the old rugbyans you know the three lawyers that came together to form those who were lawyers made them laws George as we all know yeah but the yeah. The, the, those laws of offsides and others, the basics of the game, sometimes are, are being overlooked because they're all looking at those two aspects of play, of fast play and 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 tackles and welfare, and and it's really hard. So is it is it a second ref? Is it is it a is it is it not putting as much pressure on these referees? And those the best referees are like the best players. They're they're talking and seeing it and and administrating the game. Uh, and they, it seems like they have more time. Those that don't, you know, are, look flustered and, 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 and not. So it's a challenge. And I, I'm just happy that, the, that they, at least they acknowledged it after the first few games. Hey, guys, we are out of time on this segment. But, uh, Dan, I want you to stick around with us, if you can, with me and George. We're going to go over our picks uh, in a different segment. So that'll be a different segment, folks. And on behalf of Mr. Dan Lyle and Mr. George Hook, I'm Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up, signing off.